Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this Southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Save-A-Lot Food, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Absolutely an outstanding day to be alive and well with you, Tony Basilio, live. Live here on your off week. In your Raymere studio, voice chewed up from cigarettes. Actually, the allergies out there are pretty, pretty bad, but voice chewed up from cigarettes is a great song lyric, so we'll go with that. Dr. Sean Sinclair, welcome back to the radio, to the microphone, to the magic that is the magic, my friend. How you doing? Tony D, I welcome, I thank you for bringing me back to your wild world. Yep. 
your your three ring circus while you're on the wheels of steel. Oh baby, it's a wild world. And our guests will join on the TLD Logistics Hotline today, as they will throughout. It's going to be wacko and wild this weekend. We're going to get a look at four future opponents in two heavyweight matchups in the squared circle, Sean Sinclair. Do you take Kentucky seriously, or do you find them to be popcorn flatulence that they always are in the eyes of the living Vaugh fan? Well, typically I don't give them much credit, but I have to admit they were very impressive. Um, but I don't think they can run on us like that, and, I, and I'm not a, I'm not a uh, Devin Leary convert. When you read the tea leaves, do you believe in T. Lander? Uh, yeah, I, I think the staff uh, hit a lot of home runs uh, last signing class. Yeah. It's pretty fun, isn't it? Young guys yeah. on defense especially, which uh, I was on yesterday with Georgie Boy Plaster, and I, I was sharing that with him. You know, it's the odd thing is, is that you would think this – head coach would stack all these great offensive players but really what they've done is they've gone out and found a bunch of defensive players so far well the i think i think this class is going to be heavy on great offensive players if they can land that offensive tackle Ooh. cam michael i mean if they can get cam michael in here that is three top 100 elite wide receivers and two very good uh tackle body so um and then you get Merklinger as well. So let's go, as we say in the trade. Wednesdays with Watson coming up. There's so much discussed with Watson Brown today. I, I put a little syllabus today at the top of tclub.team. Also, we've got some uh, inside uh, stuff on uh, why Rick Barnes was trying to get the attention yesterday of DJ Jefferson, who... I mean, we had a plethora of odds and ends today, but on our Wednesday's Watson Brown segment, which will coming up, which will be coming up, one of the things I want to go over with him because he talked about how little football Joe Milton's played, and you know the season is going to go. And I, I'm not trying to be a simple-minded simpleton here, though I am. But the season is going to go um, as he goes. And you simply can't turn the ball over when you play on the road against these good teams coming up. I mean, you can't do it in Lexington, and you can't do it certainly down at Alabama. And you know Saban's going to see things on film, and you know Kentucky will, where they're going to try and get Joe to throw the ball up for grabs now, as we've seen him doing, Sean. Um, I mean, his first mistake the other night, and we'll talk with Watson about this in a little bit, but his first mistake the other night is something you just literally cannot do. You just cannot do that in that spot. You just can't throw that ball in a million years. No, but uh, I'm not. I'm not ready to throw up an alarm flag on one game with two things. I think his. I think his touchdown to interception ratio since he's been at Tennessee has been remarkable, even with two this past week. Um, uh, you know, and, you know, the one he had uh, where he got hit, uh, that was earlier in the year. I, I can I can forgive that, uh, and I'm not carrying water for him, but uh, even the greats uh, throw interceptions. I mean, how many did Manning throw against Florida? Come on. 
So, so I, I'm not comparing the two. Interesting. Uh, but, I, but I think that um, I honestly think that Joe Milton, you had a caller earlier yeah. in the week. I actually think that Joe Milton's improving. I really do. I mean, you can you can hang your argument on the interceptions, but I really think he's improving. And I think I think with Cooper Mason here, uh, there was a significant improvement in efficiency, in timing, in speed, tempo, etc. That I only see getting better. Honestly, I I, I think they I think Cooper Mays uh, laid a marker down. Uh, for the rest of the season, say this is how it's going to be. And that's the next step here. That's the next thing we're going to incorporate and talk about with Coach Watson Brown. Then the other thing we've got to get into is the importance of growing these young wide receivers or taking some of these guys like a D. Williams and figuring out ways to use them offensively. Look, D. Williams is not going to play in Tennessee's secondary. He's a special teams guy. He's a specialist, so why not figure out a way to get him rolling, get him going, and uh, figure out a way to get the ball in that guy's hands. He's dynamic. We, we, we've we got to help one at sign playmakers welcome on offense. We need some guys who can make some plays. How are you going to How are you gonna work around uh, the substitution with him, though? I know. I guess you got to modify your offense a little bit. I don't know. Exactly. So is he going to – I mean, so he's not Rocket Ishmael. Yeah. He's not a guy that can beat three downs in a right. row. You're right. He's a he's a one-trick pony at best. I don't know if he can catch the ball. He can catch a punt, but I don't know if he can catch a ball. There's a reason he's a DB. I guess you bring him out, Sean, on a first down maybe, and you just uh, you just uh, flip a ball to him and – Try to try to run a double reverse or one of those things. Catch somebody napping. Oh, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not here to debate you because I'm not we've here had to this debate. talk for the past 30 years with Nyla yeah. Sylvan. That's right. Uh, 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 the Evan Barry, the famous uh, Eric Locke package. Let's not forget about the Eric Locke package. Yeah, exactly. So um, it, it, it's a worthwhile concept, mm-hmm. but you have to totally change your offense to accommodate one guy for one play. Brian, what year was that when they came out in the uh, Wild Kitten, we'll call it, with Eric Locke, and the thing went backwards like four times in a row. We never saw it again. The Eric Locke package looked like the landing of the Hindenburg that night. They debuted that in Neyland Stadium. You talk about something ill-fated. Do you remember it, I believe that was 2002, I think. Damn, that was ugly. That was 20 years ago already. Yeah, that was ugly. That was an ugly team, ugly season. I still remember the Eric Locke package. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about today with Watson Brown. And uh, there's just a ton of things going on. This this Tennessee team is going to be very, very interesting going forward. So we'll do that with him. And then uh, later on, Robert Cessna, speaking about landing the plane, he's going to join us. And we're going to talk uh, with him down Bryan College Station, the Eagle, another thing that's landed. We're going to talk uh, A&M Alabama with him, which is the heavyweight matchup on the undercard of what will be the heavyweight heavyweight matchup, which is Tennessee-Texas A&M in Neyland Stadium next week on CBS. So two consecutive CBS games for the A&M living fan will come back. 865-200.
888-528-5402 as we continue. So check out the talking points over at tclub.team today, and let's lock it and let's load it stacked and packed on a Wednesday after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. 
Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. I got caught there with some dead air, but it was for a good reason. I was breaking it down. The great Watson Brown, Wednesdays with Watson, he was sharing with me a little bit of his life story there. And uh, we were just talking off the air as we welcome you in. It's Wednesdays with Watson Brown. We were just talking a second ago about how crazy this season is going to be. And, you know, he's a obviously a longtime college football coach and loves the sport and lends his expertise to us on Wednesdays. And what a blessing the great Watson Brown is. And, Watson, I hope you're doing well today. And, you know, um, we were just talking off the air. This is going to be a wild, wild college football season from here. Tony, I don't, I don't remember one like this in in a long time. And uh, maybe back when Miami won their first national championship with Howard Schnellenberger that year. Uh, but I, it's been a long time. There is not, to me, there is not a bona fide number one and then everybody else. There's, And I would say up to maybe 15, for sure 12, I think that any of those could beat any of each other. Any one of them could beat the other one on any given day. And uh, and honestly, that's what the NFL strives for. That's why they draft the way they draft and yep. do everything. So we're going to really enjoy the last two-thirds or whatever it is left of 60% left of this season. Well, you know, the question is, Watson, and it does beg the question, right, is this just a tweener year? And an odd year, because in the SEC, it's certainly a strange year with quarterback play and transition, all these new defensive coordinators, or offensive coordinators, rather. Or is this a byproduct of a sport that's now going to be pretty transitory with regards to this portal, all this activity? There's no guardrails on it. Until they put guardrails on it, you're going to continue to see this, and it's just a road to the top teams. What do you think? I personally, Tony, think it's a combination of both. The SEC, I think, is transit change, the change. No, All brand-new quarterbacks at a lot of most of the schools and a lot of new coordinators at most of the schools, so the, the better ones anyway. And that's what I think's happened to the SEC, and that's why – if in today's game, uh, if you do not have a championship quarterback, then you're not going to win a championship. That didn't way it used to be in the Herschel Walser days. I mean, but now, if you don't have that guy, you're not winning it. And uh, the SEC don't have them. They may have them, but they're young and they're trying to grow through the season. And will it, will it, will Milrow grow? Will Milton grow? Um, will back grow uh, because those are the ones. The only one that's really up there, and, and, and but now they can't play defense is Daniels at LSU, and he's the returner with all the experience, and he's playing like it. He is playing like it. Rattler has tried, but he just that that offensive line. He just does not have the people around him, and uh, so that that's that's that one. But yeah, and then the second piece is, in my opinion, till they change it, this transfer portal and NIL, they work together 
because you go to the portal, it becomes a bid war. Okay, we'll pay you two million to come here. No, we'll pay you one point five to come. We'll pay you two point five to come here. And so teams change so much every year, and it's hard to get that really good because you don't build it up through two and three, four years. You're doing it in one, and so it's hard for somebody to just be that much better than everybody else. And so I think it's a combination. I I really believe, Tony, there will be one more year of this portal thing, and then they're going to go back to 25 scholarships a year, which will slow that portal down. What did what did Dion bring in? Eighty new players. Eighty, eighty new players. Then and they're going to stop that. I think one more season, and I'll I think it'll be back to twenty five. Is all you can bring in. Well, the truth is, right? If you're allowing eighty kids to, you're you're opening the avenue for people to do that. That's terrible for that student athlete, because the guy that's like me, who not the star stud. Uh, athlete like you, but the middle of the road athlete like me is going to get shuffled down through the system, recruited over, kicked off, pushed off, and I'm going to end up like in one double A eventually, which you know is is not right because that kid on the front end was promised, hey, we'll take treat your kid like family, yeah, like the Manson family. Yeah, no, I think you really hit a good point, a really good point. Uh, it's transfer portal. It looks great to, yep. the, to the stars because they're making bucks and they're picking where they want to go. But there's a bunch that don't go anywhere when they go to the portal. Nobody takes them. Yep. There, there's a bunch of kids that lost their scholarship and got none, zero. That's, that is killing that kid. And, uh, and the second piece, Tony, it's killing the high school kid, and it's going to get worse because they're not taking high school kids; they're taking transfer right. kids. So and why would you? They're, they're That's right. They're taking fifteen less yep. high school kids, yep. so there's FBS kids signing at FCS schools. Now, yes. what happens? What's going to happen is. That FBS kid that's bona fide at the FCS school is going to be there one year, and he's back in the FCS again. But that's that lower kid that's not getting signed out of high school that gets to go to the group of five, that now he can't go to the group of five because there's no scholarships for him. This is not good for the, for the bulk of the, of the players, in my opinion. It's great for the really good ones, but it's not good for everybody else. The king of coal. Watson Brown breaking it down with us Wednesdays with Watson. And you were talking about quarterback play and the importance thereof. Been an interesting discussion about Joe Milton this week in Rocky Top. Yeah. What did you see in that game? I see him getting better, but till he gets more consistent, uh, he can't take them to the level they want to go. He's got to get more consistent. He's missing – He's missing too many throws for for three reasons, and he can be as pretty as you want to be when he can sit there and rhythm and throw, as most good ones can. When you can sit there and rhythm and throw, he's a really good player. Uh, but when he has to move slightly in the pocket, his feet kind of don't don't stay balanced, and he'll miss one by a foot or an inch, but when he misses with that bullet he throws, it's a hard catch. And so then it's then it's an incomplete pass. And then when he has to move around, 
I don't think he's real real good at throwing on the run yet. So just keep working with him. I remember when we were in, uh, he was going to start at Vanderbilt for his first game after Hennon got hurt. He didn't have to do much in that one. And you and I talked last year, and I said he's got about a month here. They'll work with him, and he'll look different against Clemson. Well, he did. Now they've got to get him more and more this week to where he can finish down the stretch because now it's make-or-break time. He comes back from this break, and he's got to do it. I think that he will get better. I do. I see improvement a little bit every week, but the one thing holding him back, in my opinion, Tony, and I don't know what y'all think, but in my opinion, it's consistency. Well, I'm going to lean on you. So if you have a quarterback that, and you've coached a ton of these guys, Oh, that, ha- yeah. that has trouble. You probably haven't seen many that have this guy's arm strength, but no. when you but knock him off a line, uh, how do you coach a kid like that? How do you do it, Watson? The hardest kid in the world to coach is the one that thinks he can throw it in a BBO. That is the hardest kid to coach because he's got a strong arm and he just thinks that it, he can get anything in anywhere. And it's a killer. It's an absolute killer. That old arm strength guy wants to show it too too much. I'd have to discipline the fool out of him because he wants to show it off. So he's always taking the deep guy. And and the ones that got the quick releases and not as strong, they, they run the system through, and that's why they end up being the better players. But some of the hardest ones I've ever coached had really, really strong arms. Some of them came out of it, and honestly, I'll tell you, some of them never did. But they want to show that thing off. You know, it's these good-looking guys that are all muscled up that don't want to wear shirts. That's what I say it to. I say, you need to put your shirt back on. I'd tell them that as a young quarterback. Put your shirt back on and dump the ball off here. And they'd look at me and snarl around a little bit or whatever. But some of them would finally come out of it, Tony. But I'll tell you, it was the hardest guy to coach in the world. And the other thing about that strong-arm guy, he could release it a little late and still get it there. Well, that's a kiss of death. When you're not learning to throw on time, it's going to get you sooner or later. And that's the consistency I'm talking about right there. Bring Sean Sinclair into the conversation. Wednesdays with Watson, Coach Watson Brown joining us. What a blessing he is. Go ahead, Sink. Coach, absolutely uh, love having you on again. You know what? You may not notice, but you were talking about the quarterbacks putting the shirts back on. That's, that's what we had to tell Tony when we went down to the the pool uh, on campus because, there, I mean, it was like there were no eyes on us as, as soon as he walked in. Oh, but. good gracious. I had a six-pack for the ages, Coach, back in the day. Sean, I'm glad you told me that. that that's yep. very nice to know. I will keep that one in the bank right there. That one Yes, sir. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, uh, Greg Maddox had a personal catcher. Uh, I think Steve Carlton may have. Some of the great pitchers of all time had personal catchers that would just catch them. And they weren't great, but they just felt secure with them. They Something about the the eyes uh, of the pitcher uh, just felt comfortable thrilling to that personal catcher. Yep. Uh, what I'm going to bring this around is that there's no doubt in my mind that having 
Cooper Mays back, even even though he's a very good player, I noticed a sense of calm. Uh, when you talked last week, I, I sensed a more efficient, uh, speedier offense that looked ju- just looked way more comfortable. Even though he was huffing and puffing, I even and I know the two interceptions, but to my untrained eyes, I I saw a more comfortable uh, Joe Milton because he had he had his left guard back. He had a center back, and everybody on the on the offensive line was comfortable knowing that their leader was calling out protections, et cetera. Your thoughts? Uh, the center is the second most important person on the offense. The first thing you build a team, in my opinion, today from the inside out, and the center and the quarterback are it. They're they're the signal callers. They're the play callers. They're the calm down everybody. They're the leaders. And when you don't have that guy, then you move a guard to center. Well, now you've affected two positions, not just one. And, no, there is no doubt him back is going to make a huge difference. And for Tennessee's sake, I hope he stays healthy because I'm with you 100%. I saw a much calmer offense. Now, they're in Nayland Stadium with a wonderful crowd. I get it. But still, uh, they, it was a calmer look to the whole bunch. And I got excited for Tennessee because that's the first time I've watched them in the last couple of years where both the offense and defensive lines won the game. They dominated the game. They were much better than the South Carolina offense and defensive lines. That was the difference in that football game. I haven't been able to always say that about Tennessee here in the last few years. Really good. It's a really good point. Um, and the young kids the other night really showed up for the Vols defensively, which is really an exciting development, I would think. Oh, it's a, and it's a development. They're young. They're going to get better every week. Now they got to go learn to do that on the road the same way. And uh, that, that's Florida in that first half. They couldn't tackle anybody. They were slow reacting. That was nerves, man. That's all that was. There's a lot of young guys out there. And I've taken a bunch of teams to the swamp just like I've taken a bunch to Nayland Stadium. And <laughs> it can get you. If, if you're not a experienced, confident, tough-minded kind of guy, you can go in those places and it'll get you. And it don't take long to get you to be out of a game. And that's exactly what happened to Tennessee in the first half. That game was over before they could breathe. And... Since then, I think they've grown up some. I can't wait to watch them the rest of the way now because I think the defense is much better than last year's defense, potentially. Not that it has been just yet. It started, I thought, the other night. But potentially this defense is much better than the ones before the last few years because of the defensive front. And they're almost going to have to – lean on them some because they don't have that explosive aerial attack they had last year where they can throw it over people and tell me your your take on the wide receivers here and obviously the mccoy injury which is just an awful 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 thing um just from a humanity standpoint but a bad thing for the football team as well what do you do now to grow some of these young wide receivers and how challenging is that at midseason it's it's real that's why this this open date is absolutely huge for them and if they're if they're going to do one thing on offense it's right now get more coordinated between the quarterback and the receivers 
and um, and and look better, look smoother. I haven't thought they've looked smooth in the passing game. Passing the football guys is three things. It's first protection. Cade Mays makes a big difference in that. Second, it's timing, and you can tell the timing's not there yet. And third is spacing. Those are the three pieces of passing the football, and. I don't think they've got any of the three just yet. They're spaced where they want to be, but the spacing with the timing is not there just yet. I've watched uh, Josh recruit receivers, and what I think he does, he wants at least one, maybe a couple of bigger guys, but the rest of them, he wants speed. He don't care if they're 5'2". He wants fast guys. And the one I think's got to come on that I see is the punt returner. Is his name Williams? I think it is. That's him. I think he's got to come on. They got to put him out there. They've got to have another speed guy to go with Squirrel. They've got to have it, or this style that he's he's running it, it won't work. The other thing that scares me to death for him, guys, uh, losing McCoy. He is the leader of that receiver group. It's a little bit of the cave maze. I don't think it's as bad. When it's a wide receiver bunch, but still, they they lost their turn to, and what are we going to do here, guy? And that scares me a little bit for Tennessee. It's a really good point. Um, you know, we were talking about it before. The, the thing about a guy like Williams is, to this point, is he's a guy like without a position. You know, he's um defensive back by trade, but he's really a kick returner, but he's a dynamic player. And the conundrum, we were talking, Sean brought this up in our first segment, which is a great point. You know, it's it's great to say, for you and I, we need to get him in games. They need to get him in games, figure out a way to use him. That's, that's, and, and, and Josh Heupel was asked about it at the quarterback club. Oh, but, was he? Yeah, but the truth is, Watson, you know, they don't, they don't substitute at all when they get no. in these drives. So if you bring him on to start, you're going to bring him on to start a drive, and essentially, unless you change the way you do things, you're going to keep him in uh, for the duration of a drive. Now, I ask you this. Do you alter that in light of where you are at wide receiver to try to get some more playmakers on the field? Do you think Heupel would think about doing that? Absolutely. Remember Hendon Hooker. When Hendon had to play, it wasn't do we put him in for Joe it was, he's got to play. They simplified. They simplified for him, and it worked. And then as time went on, they did more with him. Than, and uh, I think he'll do the exact same things with guys like Williams. Put him in, know he's going to be in the whole series. Here's the plays we're going to run when he goes in the game. He can do these things. He can't be yet the guy out there all the time, but he can go in for a series here in a series there. The other way I think he'd use him, they're giving you these the bubbles on the outside because that's where everything starts in the Tennessee offense. Put them all out there or widen them way wide. They're going to leave this number in the box. They're going six and a half in the box. They're going to flip it out there all day long. Well, when you're playing somebody doing that, put him in the game because that is nothing but being a running back. Catch the ball out there and go run. And so, yes, I, and that's what this open date's going to mean to Tennessee, in my opinion, Josh is sitting there saying, men, we've got to develop another couple of receivers. we got to do it. We have no choice. And so I think both of you, Sean, hit on a great point, but that's the way I think Josh will go about it. 
put him in, know what you're going to do when you put him in, and also use him when they're getting to throw those little quick things out there that is not very complicated other than step back and catch a ball. Absolutely great stuff here from Watson Brown. Let me ask you this. Tennessee gets an opportunity to see A&M and Alabama in the squared circle, the CBS feature game from the league. My question for you is, as you're watching that from a Tennessee eye, knowing you've got these two opponents coming up, and you're watching it from a coaching eye, what sorts of things do you look at in that game? Uh, Walk us inside how you'll look at that football game from that perspective. You're talking about when they play Alabama? When, when A&M and Alabama play each other this weekend. Oh, and he's Because Tennessee's going to play both of those teams coming up. Yeah. What are things you would key on as a Tennessee fan that are worth watching with, with both opponents here? Uh, well, I don't think a lot. <laughs> Coaches don't do that much. They're, they're going to they – the films they get, the, the stuff they get is so – and it's all broken down. It, it's it, it, and it, and it's a wide screen. See everybody, and then right behind it is a play where you see just the front. So everything is so broken down for them. So if you if you throw a a drop back pass, the the first play on that drop back pass is all eleven guys on the screen. The second play right behind it is the same play with the with the offensive lineman up real close, so you can see those five guys. And the running back, been the backfield blocking, maybe the tight end still in the screen. So coaches do not use television. I don't think he'll get anything other than, than and, and I'm not sure that's even the one he'd be watching. He may be watching who's next, you know, uh, more than he is that one. Um, he can't be thinking about Alabama because if he loses before he gets to Alabama, that game ain't going to be near as important as it would have been. So I just don't think Josh is thinking that way yet. He studied Alabama guys all summer. So he's already got his thought process, and Nick Saban's defenses don't change much. And so he studied them all summer. He's got his thoughts already going into that game. They do every game that way. You break down every single game in the summer, you have a game plan coming into that week. You pull that game plan out and then watch them, okay, what have they changed? What do we do here? What do we do there? The reason you do that is you get a lot more time to break them down instead of in a three or four day time frame during the season when you're playing them. You got you might spend a month on Alabama in the off season. So that's that's the way college coaches do it. Who do you like in that that game this weekend? That Alabama A and M game. What do you think? I think if Alabama wins that one, look out. I think they're gonna they're gonna be the team to beat in the league because their defense is so good, and it's all on their quarterback getting better. And I do think he's getting better. Uh, Nick is being smart. He's using him right. And uh, I, I can't see A&M beating them. And that is, in my, I always said, and that Tennessee's always been right there with this, and Florida's been with it, and LSU's been with it. Those, But A&M is the toughest place. I had to go there at Rice a bunch. I had to go there at Oklahoma. Uh, I had to go there at Texas Tech. So I've been with three different teams that have gone to Aggie Land to play. The way that place is built and the way those fans are standing up all the time, it is the loudest place, hardest place I ever thought it was to get plays called and all of that kind of stuff. Now, is there a big difference in that Nayland Stadium? No. 
But I always thought A&M was the toughest one to do. And uh, so if they can handle that this weekend, I think Alabama wins, and then I think they become the front runner. You think Kentucky can stay on the field, Coach, with Georgia? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what the spread is. I think they'll beat the spread. I don't think they'll win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I think Kentucky's better than everybody thinks, too. I do. What they've done, which is really kind of interesting, you talked about Tennessee's line play. Yeah. Kentucky mauled. They beat Florida up on both lines of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, how would that ever be possible in any world that Kentucky football could recruit enough players to go against the University of Florida team and beat them up like that? How would that ever be possible? I mean, think about that. Well, one first thing, I, I see two things with that. First is they're about the only one running the old-timey pro-style stuff, and that's old power play sweeps coming right at you. Nowadays, it's the zones, the stretches, the wide plays, the draws. The old-timey ways run over you, and Kentucky does that. Second thing, Florida, in my personal opinion, they did no more show. It's it's 11 in the morning. Um, they're in, in Lexington, where they never play good anyway. Uh, they usually just so much better they'd win. But I, it, I always say it takes two to tango, man. It takes two to tango. Kentucky was absolutely pumped to play. Uh, I think their stress game was the week before. They had lost to Vanderbilt. They had to go to the stadium all tore up the shreds, and it's not like going and playing in an SEC place. Um, and they're big-time favorites and yet lost to them the year before. And I think that was a stress game for them. Now, I think they loosened up last week and played. And Florida was absolutely a no-show. Absolutely a no-show. It's 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 amazing. Uh, and and on the way out, I, I really appreciate your time, uh, Watson. Anything else you'd care to add or enter into our conversation? You've been a gentleman and a scholar today. It's always great catching up with you, my man. No, I just think it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Let's just take the SEC alone. Yep. Down the stretch here, guys, because I think on any given day, maybe Vanderbilt, I'm not so yet on Missouri, but maybe I should be. I don't know. But I just think this year in the SEC, with these inexperienced quarterbacks, including the ones you guys got in Knoxville, That's right. anything can happen on any day. That's right. On any day, I think it's going to be a blast watching this season play out. You know, the kid at George is going to have to come in Knoxville and navigate it which will not be a walk in the park for him. I mean, he better grow up a lot. I'll take take Tennessee today. I'm taking them today, and I won't change my – if both quarterbacks are still around and Joe's playing and and, uh, Jake's playing, I'm telling you, take the orange that day. Take the big orange that day. Georgia's not coming to Knoxville and win that game. They, They won't be able to score enough points to beat them. You just fired me up, focused me, and prepared me for the rest of today, Watson Brown. Put put it down. Georgia will lose in Knoxville. I'm going to quote you on that. In fact, I'm going going to cut that out, and that will go uh, viral, my friend. (laughs) Thank you, Watson. All right, guys. Great talking to you. Sink, are you ready to go there? Georgia will not win in Knoxville. Are you ready to go there with Watson Brown, who just fired me up, focused me, and prepared me? Well, he 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 knows more about this stuff than I could ever dream of knowing, but uh, I'm not quite there yet. 
I love the comment though. He said you want to, I do too. you yeah. want to mark yeah. something down. And I'm marking the tape here, Brian. There. We need to cut that out and get I, it all over. Uh, it's at the 41 minute mark, Brian. I think the, I think if, if you want, I think you want Georgia to come into that game still unbeaten, because I believe that's where Tennessee will have a their best shot. Yep, that crowd will if, be. If Georgia's oh. lost a game, they're going to be they're going to be dialing that. They're going to have to have to be dialed in. That crowd will because be they know. so oiled yeah. up for that game, guys. So oiled up. Cool. He said if both those teams have the same quarter, same two quarterbacks, Tennessee will win that game. Well, you know, you got Joe Milton playing on his home field as a yep. six-year senior against a, a guy who's in his first season. Yep. He better have an awful good team around him. To help him out, and does he? No, they, he's got the best player in college football. That Bowers guy is a guy that not a lot of fans key on. That guy, I, I don't, you know, I know they're gonna the guy in the left coast gonna have all these numbers and this and there's a better college football player than this Bowers guy. Show him to me offensively, because he is a one-man wrecking crew, uh, he catches everything. He's an incredible talent. Brock Bowers is an incredible, incredible talent. So we'll go to the phones. Watson Brown just fired me up Wednesdays with Watson. Hello and welcome into our next call. Howdy, howdy, Bozzolio. No, no accounting. I, I would much rather have the Cosby Cattle Woman than that imbecile any day of the week, Cinco. She owns him. The Cosby Cattle Woman owns him, as far as I'm concerned. She brought a, a stronger call last week, yep. that's for sure. That poor guy, all he can get in are two words. But, hey, he he paid the freight. He probably pumped about. Seven dollars and quarters into that last payphone in Knoxville. If you want to jump in and have a thought on anything that uh, Watson Brown brought to the table, have at it at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I do want to remind you, Watson Brown appeared on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. Again, tldlogistics.com. We go back to our phones. Day two of the baseball playoffs. Incredible action in the wild card round yesterday. A wild and woolly night last night. And I want you to think about this for a second. So I'm listening to my boy Jack Fritz and Jamie Seltzer on WIP last night, postgame show. And a guy calls the postgame and he says, hey, Jeff Passens just said, that the Philadelphia ballpark has an SEC atmosphere. Do you understand, like, how special this is, what we get a chance to do here? Bathe in, be a part of. The connotation there is that this ballpark 
because the Philly fans arrive early. They stand the whole time. They heckle and jackal opposing players. They knock them off their moorings. These are these are highly paid professional athletes that played hundreds, if not thousands, of games. Phillies have the best record in the history of baseball in the postseason in that stadium for 30 or more games played in a stadium. It's really not close. And in the last couple of years, it's turned into like a house of horrors for visiting teams. And they're comparing it to Southeastern going on the road in, in a high-level Southeastern Conference game. I think we take for granted around here, we think it's the norm, the usual. And up there, they're bathing in it. And I was texting with Fritzy about that when one of his callers pointed that out. And he was like, make sure your people understand there how blessed they are to be a part of that. He's, we get to feel this once every couple of years when the Phillies get in the playoffs. They get to feel it all the time for these high-level games. I mean, Sean, when you walk in Nealon Stadium for that Texas A&M game, obviously it's a different feel than when you walk in for the South Carolina game, even though the South Carolina game is still a Southeastern Conference game. But the point is that we get to feel that so much more than most people. And it's truly remarkable uh, how great the atmosphere is in, in Nealon Stadium. Well, it really is. If you take the, you know, it's really aside with all due respect, aside from Vanderbilt, uh, really any stadium, uh, maybe not Missouri, but yeah. you get um, Arkansas, A and M. You bring in Oklahoma, everything is the pageantry, the tradition, the colors, um, and it's not just what they're doing. It's every fan in there. Yep. Is is there like it's the first time? I mean, it, it just. Yep. I've, I've gone to games there, uh, saw saw the sausage being made, so to speak, and every time I walk through the portal uh, to see the grass, it's just like when my grandfather took me to see a Kansas City Royals game when I was real little. It's just, it's exciting. It, it is you just never know what you're going to see. And the juice in that stadium next Saturday afternoon when that. A&M team comes to town, and that'll be A&M's first real trip into Neyland Stadium, which I would think when we're down at Calhoun's next week on that Friday, we'll be down there, by the way, on Friday in a couple days, but they're going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that will come up here for that trip because it's that special. Because back in 2020, I... We were a limited crowd. There was a limited crowd at that game. Basically, family and friends. Let's go back to our phones. Speaking of family and friends, hello and welcome into our next call. Tony B. Yo, welcome in. Sinclair. Hey, it's Richard. Hey, buddy. All right, man. Always good to to, to listen to you conversations with Watson. So, um, I always like to hear his insight and what he's talking about. And uh, he is right about one thing. The, the coming down the stretch of the SEC is going to be a lot of fun this oh. year. And, and you know what really what is taking shape probably more this year, Tony, than ever is when you play the game at on the road. 
You know, right now, road teams are really struggling, especially at night, <clears throat> to go in and, and win in a SEC stadium that's juiced yeah. up all day. Um, it, it's very difficult. Uh, it's, like I said, look at the way we played at Florida. Just horrendous. And the way Florida was fired up for that game. That, that Florida team that went to Kentucky, they could care less about being there, Tony. And, and it showed in the way they played. Um, and so just really, you know, when will we play? You know, we got games coming up on the road at Missouri and at Kentucky. One of those games going to be played. Great point, man. It's a great yeah, point. We can determine how that game goes yep. um, as far as the time, the time slot. Usually we yep. play Kentucky at night. Um, Missouri, we seem to get a day game with them. So we'll see exactly where those time slots go. But, you know, going forward to next week in, in the A&M game, I'm very interested to, you know, watch them a little bit at home because when I see A&M, um, I look at kind of look at their schedule, and their defensive line, no doubt, is is really good, and their receivers are very athletic. Um, but the one game that they went on the road, they failed miserably in a uh, in an away stadium, in which is kind of a quiet stadium. There wasn't twenty five thousand people in that stadium when they played Miami. And then you're coming to Neyland after playing Alabama, and we're coming off a bye week, and you're gonna have a hundred thousand. The atmosphere, I don't, I, I'm just curious. I, I honestly, I think Tennessee at this moment is more like a six, seven point favorite just because of the bye week, the road game, everything about it. Who yeah. A&M's playing the week before. I just think that means a lot going into that game. But well, you ought to, the number's three and a half or four. That's what the number's going to be. But the, the, the point is, and I'm just, I'm using the modeling on that and some people I talked to last night because there's an erroneous report out there. That there's a nine and a half point line, which is just it's just that's just not accurate. That was a no. summer kind of a summer fun line that somebody was pointing out from an action sports deal and then wrote an article on it, but that's that's just not it's simply not accurate that there's a there's not a there's not a bettable uh, nine point line out there. But to your point, you know, I was thinking about what you're saying. Maybe A and M catches a break that they don't come into a night game in Neyland Stadium because what Tennessee's doing right now with that atmosphere, Danny White's administration, everybody pulling in the same direction, that is that's a brutally hard atmosphere. I would think for A and M to play in versus three thirty in the afternoon. Oh, it it it, it is definitely a difference in, in the crowd noise. But they're also catching us about like Alabama caught us last year, as far as that time frame and and the fans. You know, it, uh, I think it, I think it will make a huge difference just because again that team has not played in that atmosphere um, this year. And I just I, you know, but again, it all gets back to improving. I want to see where Tennessee is going to go in its improvement. Uh, what what does this offensive coaching staff? Um, what is you know what is what does our mad scientist drawing up? in his bye week and saying, okay, we've got to make adjustment here. We know we can run the football, but we have to get better at certain pass plays. We have to get this developed. We have to get this guy more involved. And that really is going to tell the tale of the rest of this year if we can get more out of our passing game than we're getting. Because, Tony, if we can get more out of our passing game with our running game and our ability there and the defense, I think, is a legitimate, really good defense, uh, the year could end up being outstanding. Amen to that, brother. Now, how you get there with that passy game? Your <laughs> hey, hey, your guess is as good as mine. 
Well, that 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 that's why. Hey, that's why they get paid millions of dollars, Tony. Amen, brother. Hey, thanks, man. Great talking to you, Richard. With an interesting call, Sean. He's got a good point about the way A and M went on the road and got kind of bombarded uh, with a okay Miami team. That's a really weird result from earlier in the season. In light of how good A and M is on both lines of scrimmage, but A and M, their um, their high high quality, high value talent is still only in their second year. Um, the the Walter Nolans and uh, you know those guys uh, that were you know, had the first big NIL class. That's why that's why you're seeing those those lines of scrimmage look like NFL because that that's that's who they bought. Um, uh, but they're still young, so you know you saw our young guys go down to Florida and look like they couldn't tackle anybody. Just uh, eat. I think the SEC is exciting this year. Because literally, you don't know which team's going to show up. I mean, Alabama has looked awful. I mean, just awful. That I know it was raining, but down at South Florida, they looked awful. Um, you know, if they if if Milrow is if Milrow is choppy in any way, and and they get some holding penalties here and there, putting them behind the sticks, it's it could be tough for Alabama to score on most people. Uh, yeah, well, let's jump back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome on a Wednesday. Hey, Tom, it's Rusty. Hey, oh, buddy. Hey, buddy. D- didn't want to talk ball Monday, but I, I think today seems like let's do it. Time. Let's Watson do it, man. Let's Watson do it. Watson was brilliant as always. Sean's been fantastic today as always. <clears throat> um, didn't know if anybody noticed, but we only threw four uh, passes behind the line the other night against South Carolina because South Carolina rolled their coverage up really, really tight and kind of take those, take those, take, took those away from us, which that's really what those classes I think are about is to force the defense to come up, um, to force their corners to play tight. And then we can throw over them with those slants, which we threw, we threw a high, high, high amount of slants, uh, the other night that we usually haven't. I think we probably threw more slants against South Carolina than we had the last two seasons combined. Um, just because what we did to them, what, what we made them do defensively. Um, so getting D out there, I love the idea, but I don't think you can get him out there for just a play and then sub him in because that's just not what we do. We want to not sub and not stop. Oh, I know. Ever. So if he's going to play, he's got to be able to do more than just catch a bubble. He's got to be able to run a slant. He's got to be able to run a curl. He's got to be able to take off and just try to get, get behind the defense deep and, and be out there for a whole possession. So that that's something they got to they got like eight days I guess to get get ready for that if they want him to play out there or whomever you know you, you, if you take yeah. your young yeah. sophomore back and put him in the slot like people are talking about you're committing with the, unless they change the, and are going to substitute unless they just decide yeah. hey we're going to give the defense a free sub we're going to sub here uh, you know and maybe they do maybe they decide you know what for the better of all involved here. Or maybe they just take the other kids, they put the Nimrod kid out there, the other young kid, the web kid, and just let them play. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So, somebody, my guess is somebody is going to go become our X receiver, which is the left side wide receiver, the left side out wide receiver, which is what Bruce's been playing. He's always there. Yeah, power player. Yeah. It's going to be Webb or it's going to be Thornton. Yeah. It's going to be Nimrod. Somebody's going to be given that position and say, you're doing it all the time because 
basically, that's what Heifel's going to do. He's going to have those two guys yep. being his all-the-time guys there. That poor and Thornton guy had trouble, having trouble lining up. You know, last time we saw him on a field, know, which is, they, you know, not good. I think, they've been, I think they've been having him do a little bit of outside, a little bit in the slot, a little bit here and the other. I think it might actually be a good thing if he does get to go be just that position, and that's all he worries about. If you're running a slant, you turn to the right. If you're running an out, you turn to the left. There's, there, And you're yeah. just lining up on the left side. You're not going here and there, and I think he might have been, his head might have been spinning a little bit, so maybe it's good for him. Hey, Ben. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a broken record here, man, but defensive pass interference and defensive holding is down so much across college football. We've not we've not received, as in the other team being called for it, one through five games of a pass on the defense in pass coverage, whether it's holding, illegal contact, or pass interference. We've only been called for three. Isn't that remarkable? Games. In five games, they have decided, and we've only been called for three. They have decided. You know, we're um, not calling that. We're going to speed these games up so we can get more commercials it. in. Go ahead, Bry. Think about I, this. I was, I was, the game against Alabama last year changed on a defensive pass interference penalty after a pick late in the game, and would they have called that this year? Probably not, Bry. There's a lot that went on last year they wouldn't call now. And we were called for one late in the late in the second quarter. That's right. Um, that that gave them a touchdown. That's right. That would have it would have been a field goal if they didn't call. Yeah, you're you're totally right, right? Tony, you're right. It's about time. And a, a drive with one pass interference, the odds of scoring a touchdown goes up forty percent in across football. And a, and a and a drive that ends in a touchdown, as opposed to ending in a field goal, it lasts five extra minutes in real time. And for us, it adds like an extra 12 minutes because we always have somebody get hurt on extra points. Wink, wink. So they're taking it. They're trying to call less defensive penalties in the secondary because those penalties keep drives alive and yep. they result in touchdowns, touchdowns more times than not, which makes the game last longer in real time, not actually minutes off the clock, but real time last longer. Our laydown linemen... And I love him. Thank you, Rusty. You might be one of my favorite things that we have. You talk about a tradition unlike any other. You got Smokey. You got the walking horse. You got the lay down lineman. Let me keep it live, legal, large, and in charge. Robert Cessna going to join them. We'll get some more calls in. We're going to preview that A&M Alabama thriller down in Kalastasha. As we uh, come back after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. 
Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Built to win. Ball game. Alabama wins. Built for championships. Heading for the pylon. Get the race. Wins the race. Touchdown, Alabama. Built by Bama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Our coverage begins at 11:30 on your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. The great Robert Cessna is getting ready to join us. He's absolutely outstanding. Robert, I meant to talk to you during our timeout, but we're live on the air. Man, my my uh, my minute got my minutes got away from me. I'm doing my own thing in the studio here, as Brian's uh, on. Uh, what what what's Brian on? He's on assignment. So Robert, it's always good to catch up with you, Brian College Station Eagle. The Eagle is landing this weekend. You're on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Alabama coming to town. When uh, well, you know when A and M signed up for this uh, SEC experience. This is the kind of thing, uh, Robert, that it's all about, isn't it? Oh well, yeah, because obviously when they lost Texas playing them, that was that was huge. You can't, you know, you just don't replace your rival. But you know what? Playing Alabama is, uh, and of course with A and M winning the first time they played, Alabama has definitely kind of slid into that slot because. You measure where you're at all the time. Every year when you play Alabama, it's like, okay, where is the A&M program? Uh, Alabama is, you know, a good standard to look at. And uh, this year, A&M feels like, well, maybe this is the year that, uh, you know, they, they move a little bit ahead because this is the closest game ever by, by the betting lines. So this is this is a this is a different animal this year. I feel. What has happened to that A and M club? They were unbelievable against Arkansas. Okay, that from a Tennessee perspective, and I said this on our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction deal. And I'll get negative with the best, you know, when it comes to my vols. I'll get negaval on people, as we say around here, or negadelphian, as uh, my my tribe in in Philly likes to say to each other. So I can go to the dark side pretty quickly. But I'm watching A&M the other day, and I'm watching them on both lines of scrimmage kind of grind uh, Arkansas into Hamburger. Um, And how did that team get just clobbered at Miami? Would you please explain that to me? Well, nothing beats winning, and uh, there's nothing like losing to get cold water in the face. So when A&M played Miami, that was just about a – as bad an effort as you could see because the defense did nothing. Uh, Van Dyke could have thrown for a thousand yards if they had played, you know, another game, what have you. And everybody just sitting there saying like, Oh my gosh, you know, is this team going to be four and eight? Is it going to be five and seven? Uh, what have you. But then you beat, you know, a couple bad teams and, you know, Auburn didn't look good at all. And then all of a sudden you come out and play, quote, another rivalry game, a game that's been close almost, you know, probably eight of the last nine years. And as you said, Tony, the big deal is the line of scrimmage. The SEC's a line of scrimmage, and that was one of the more, you know, complete efforts A&M has had in the line. And it all starts up front. Because you, you can say a lot of things. Defense win championships, all that. You need to have a great quarterback. But in the SEC, you better have line of scrimmage. And this potentially might be one of better A&M's better, you know, line of scrimmage teams since they joined the SEC. 
uh, Walter Nolan's one piece, and then there's another piece on the other side, and they're an absolute handful, man. Well, they, 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 what's funny is, you know, a lot of people are complaining, you know, two or three weeks ago, why don't you play your better lineman more? I mean, they, they, they rotate this defensive lineman, Nolan. They have about seven, eight guys that they use, and people are saying, like, you know, why don't you use your, your best guys? And then 14 sacks later, back-to-back games with seven sacks, and they're, they're bringing everybody. And suddenly, you know, everybody is winning up front, whether it's Nolan, whether it's Diggs. It doesn't really matter. McKinley Jackson, so many people are beating the man in front of them on defense, on defense. Now, I'm still not sold on offense, but definitely on defense, all of these five-star recruits, that they sign suddenly look like five-star players, not like they're lost in space. They're young kids too, right? And that's the other thing. Sean was talking about that earlier. Sean Sinclair is on with us. But the, the truth is these are young kids, and we've seen it here. When the lights come on for those ends or those guys up front, and that can just happen almost like overnight, are, are we here to proclaim that the lights are on for those kids, or is it still too early to say that? Too early because, I mean, it would appear that way. Like, I think a started five seniors last game out. You know, I mean, they're, they're young everywhere, young receivers. They have young offensive linemen as well. Uh, but, you know, they still haven't done anything. I don't know how good Auburn is. Uh, yeah, you can say, well, they play Georgia well, and that gets Aggie fans fired up. Arkansas just went down and had a million yards at LSU, and then they couldn't even move the ball. They couldn't even pick up a yard the last three quarters. So those are all positive signs. But until you beat Alabama, until you go on the road and maybe win at Ole Miss or Tennessee or LSU, we're just talking. And that's what we love to do on Sunday through Thursday, Saturday, Friday. We love to talk. But if can AM do it on the field? That we'll, we'll know a lot more on Saturday because Alabama's always been a line of scrimmage team. Yep. Now they've had the, the NFL receivers and quarterbacks, but they've always had people in the trenches. Take it. Robert Cessna joining uh, today on the program, uh, the show of record. He's breaking it down scientifically. All eyes will be on College Station. He's the Brian College Station Eagle. He's always wonderful to join us. I love Robert. We talk in the off-season as well. He's nice enough to give us uh, some time on a busy week, uh, no doubt for him, as Alabama is in town, the national television game. Uh, that game that's taking place over in uh, Dallas can eat its heart out because the epicenter of college football this weekend will be right there in College Station, Texas. But what do I know? We're talking about, you were mentioning uh, A&M's offense a moment ago and how over there it's still a work in progress. I'll tell you another thing that scares me, though, is they've got, they've got a really special group of wide receivers. Um, but what is the work in progress aspect of A&M's offense? Take, take me granular here. Well, obviously, they're, they're, they're running backs by committee. Uh, you know, if you watch them, Amari Daniels, uh, is, is, has had a couple few good games. Uh, you know, their five-star recruit, 
you know, maybe in the future Reuben Owens will be the guy. But right now they're doing that by committee. Uh, you know, the wide receivers, as you mentioned, Evan Stewart is a Sunday is a Sunday guy. When you see some of the catches he's made already, uh, he deserves extra attention. Then you throw in, oh, they also have Noah Thomas, who's been who's injured a couple of weeks, but he times, but he's back. And then you throw in Anaya Smith. Uh, you suddenly you can put out three probably NFL type receivers. And then you look at, they like to throw to the tight end as well. And you have an experienced quarterback. Now everybody, you know, Wegman goes down and, and this shows what recruiting will do. Wegman goes down that he's your guy that everybody says, Oh, this is the, you know, the face of the future. And then suddenly, you know, Max Johnson goes in and you might say they don't even lose uh, anything. They may gain something because he's got all that experience. So once again, nothing beats winning, nothing beats confidence because they've done it for three games, but can they do it in a game that counts? Because suddenly these will all be big catches and these will all be big missed blocks if it happens or if you have drops. They've done so much, but you know, the jury is still out. When, when does the light go on in a big game? Well, you're right because here's the thing, Robert, like the other day, and this is what can be deceiving on paper. It goes as an interception return for a touchdown, and you would think that's on Max Johnson, when in fact it was a rub route. Anaya Smith fell asleep. He didn't uh, He didn't pick the corner. I'm going to show you how closely I watch that game. He did not pick the corner. The corner comes up and says, thank you very little. I will take this ball to the house because you did not touch me. And that go- And that looks like an interception for a touchdown, when in fact that was a wide receiver being lazy in space. That's what I saw. Yeah, it looked like, you know, once again, it looked like Anais was lost in space. And then all of a sudden, you know, A&M has dominated that game. Then Johnson gets a fumble. Yep. And he, we're talking about how A&M dominated, dominated this game. But yet at one point, it's 20 to 16. It's right there. Has the ball. It's right there. So they get a, pl- a play. It's 23-20. And A&M saying, oh, my gosh, what happened? And once again, sometimes that happens when you have so many young players and even a guy like Smith, you know, he's he's been around forever. You got to do it in the big games. You got to come through and do it then. So once again, all these things. That's why this Saturday is so huge because you win. Then, well, who knows what could happen? But if you lose, you got to go to Tennessee next week. So yeah. then all of a sudden. You could lose two games back-to-back, and the sky will be falling again. Oh, I mean, they'll be on that coach. You'll be writing your articles. God, it'll be unbelievable. And he's not going to handle it well. We've already seen that. And then, all of a sudden, the offensive coordinator is going to get some blame, and they're going to be bickering at each other. And, I mean, Robert, no offense, but I'm kind of rooting for all that. But I do want you to beat Alabama, just man-to-man here, because we despise uh, the Crimson Tide in these parts. Uh, Brian Hartman, jump in here. Robert Cessna joining us. Brian, College Station Eagle. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I wanted to. What has the fan reaction been when the it was determined that Texas was coming into the SEC? A and M was trying to get away from them and thought they had done that, but now it looks like they're going to be the rivals going to be back. Their game's going to be back on. Has that been received well by the A and M fans? Oh, at first not, because obviously, you're right. You, you hit everything in the head. A&M thought they got away from them. Oh, we're in the SEC. No, 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 you're not. 
you know, we did all this. And then all of a sudden, the SEC goes, hey, we're adding Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, this is the greatest thing for the conference. And once again, the beauty of the SEC, how great you can be, whether you be Alabama or whatever, uh, you know, even Nick Saban couldn't hire you uh, Freeze when he was available. To, you know, I mean, it's like the SEC is going to do what's best for the SEC. And then A&M, it didn't take long for A&M to realize, hey, you're playing your rival. They should always kept playing Texas. Texas, I mean, it, it's just something special. And guess what? Texas, when that was all announced, Texas, what has Texas done in the last, since a was going to the SEC? Nothing. I mean, they haven't done that much. It's not like, uh, you know, they're, they're tearing it apart. Now, they beat Alabama. This could be a big year. But we'll see what happens because on paper, I'll take A&M's recruits right now, what they have got coming. That doesn't mean that the light's not going to go on for Texas this year either. They've already beat Alabama. That's, it's so, wild, yep. It's wild. So you talk about it's almost a perfect time for A&M and Texas to get back together because if A&M has a decent year this year, Texas has a decent year, wow, what will that do that game <laughs> next year when they renew it at Kyle Field? That's the ticket you want if that happens or they can still be crying in their milk come next year. At that. Hey, Robert, when – Robert, when they did me talk over you, me being Italian, which you know a little bit about, but um, the 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 as as we break it down scientifically here, the three six model they talk about scheduling. Who are they talking about? What do you hear the chatter? A and M's permanent opponents, like here, what we're hearing is Tennessee's going to have Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Alabama every year. Um. What are you hearing in terms of the? Because I would think they'd want to keep that old um, big uh, that Southwest Conference flavor, Big Twelve flavor. What What are you hearing there in terms of the three permanent opponents for A and M? Well, we were hearing like Mississippi State, uh, you know, Texas and uh, and Texas and LSU, whatever. But you know, you hear so many things. I mean. Uh, you know, they'd love, obviously, to have Arkansas, but you can't have everything. So, you know, it's like, what, what do you have? And, uh, you know, if you keep, if you keep Texas and LSU, uh, obviously that would be good. But who knows? I mean, when it's all said and done, I think you uh, Freeze said something last week that let slip. I don't yeah. know if anybody really knows. Everybody's looking at the best and possible. But once again, with Oklahoma and Texas joining the league, you know, it's the SEC. You're going to have, like, seven games every year the way that the way it will shake out that will be like they'll all be rivalries because it's like, you, you know, you'll, you'll, you can lose two games and you'll, you'll be in the playoff. I mean, that, that's how good the league is going to be. So I'm not really sweating over that in my age. You know, I'll have to see maybe one or two years, but it's just going to be great, the bottom line. It's, it's going to be what we have now, but on steroids. Hey, Robert, um, from from your perspective, because I look at that A&M program historically, and I'm looking at what's best for Tennessee, right, from a Tennessee perspective. Sure. In sure, my sure. mind, I think it's better if A&M wins this weekend and has to handle the success and come on the road in Neyland Stadium versus if they lose – then they're angry, then their attention's gotten. You made it sound earlier like if they lose this weekend, it might pull the air out of their balloon a little bit. Now I'm rethinking that. Which one's better from a Tennessee perspective? Which result should we be cheering for this weekend? 
Well, I, I think you'd want to want them losing because the bottom line is then then you feel like the those young freshmen and their sophomores will all be questioning whether they can do it. They only have six days to turn it around. Uh, there'll be nothing but chatter outside, as Jimbo says, noise. Uh, because man, you beat out, you beat Alabama. You're, you're going to feel like you can go anywhere, but yet you'll be able to temper them because they're saying, Hey, you got to go to Knoxville. It's, it's tough to win in Knoxville. So, and then the, the fans will be all jacked up. I think everybody be sky high. So if I'm a Tennessee fan, I, I can't see how A&M losing, you know, losing would help them. I, I think it, I mean, winning would help them. I think it'd have to lose because there's just too many positives I feel because last time they went in the road they lost to Miami. AM hasn't won a road game since Missouri in like wow. whatever. So so you know it, it, it's gonna be tough to go on the road even if they win. But if they go lose, man, we're going we lost to Alabama, they'd say we have to go on the road and last time we were on there we, we couldn't do anything. So I'm thinking from a Tennessee standpoint, uh I I think a, a loss would be more beneficial to you guys. But what do I know? You're the absolute man. If folks want to read your stuff or follow along, how do they do so? And I want a prediction out of you for this weekend's game. Okay, well, it's at, it's at uh, theeagle.com or aggiesports.com. And I, 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 am, I, I don't say I'm, I'm taking the Kool-Aid, but I will go with the home field. And I just don't think this is the Alabama team of old. That being said, every time I try to throw dirt on a season of Nick Saban, he finds a way to win. I get that. But, you know, too many things seem to be pointing to A&M, and they have, I think, enough veterans to lead the way. I think adding Petrino, I think Durkin's got his stuff together on defense. So I just think some of the stars are lined for A&M, so I'll probably pick it about 27-24 because I, I think points might be hard to come by. Robert Cessna, you're the man. Much love to you. Thank you, brother. If I, if I don't get the score right, don't call me. That's okay. We'll, we'll leave it there. No, I'm going to give you a hey, listen. You get the score right, you're getting a $100 copper card, courtesy of my friends at Copper Cellar, the family of restaurants. You come up here, you go eat at Calhoun's on me, brother. Hey, here's the deal. Win or lose, God willing, I'll be in Knoxville next weekend, so it's not bad. I'll well, see you. I want you down at our Friday program, and we're going to put you on live and break bread with Bino the Great. You will. It'll be unbelievable. You can't do that. We're st- we're staying uh, halfway between, so that's just the way life goes. So I'll see you guys on Saturday. How much about that? much love to you, brother. Thank you. Take it easy, man. Maybe I'll invite him to come to our uh, tailgate concert, uh, Cinco, that we're playing. Uh, at any rate, because our, our band's playing a, uh, a tailgate concert on uh, Saturday. I, I'm all turned around now, Sean. I wanted A&M to win the game and, and uh, with Alabama, and now I'm not so sure because this guy just kind of turned. I'm, I'm, I'm getting blown to and fro over here. Talk to me, Sean. I just want A&M to win or lose. I want A&M to Never want anybody to be injured, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings if that whole team got very, very, very sore heading in and it expended all their emotional energy and all of that uh, uh, during that game. That is the thing about playing in this league. 
like Tennessee gets an off week here, fine. But they were starting to feel the rigors a little bit. They get past that A&M game, and then all of a sudden, that A&M game will be a physical football game. Then you got to turn around and go play to Alabama, which is A&M's deal right now. They're going to play a physical Alabama defense. And then win, lose, or draw. They got to get on that, get on that plane, and come to Knoxville with all those bumps and bruises. It's a brutal, brutal, hard sport at that level. I mean, hats off to those kids. Sean said it best. I don't know how to feel about this thing now, man. That's going to well, be another, ha- another yeah. thing, Tony. Is that you, you don't? They're not playing the team that they're playing. They're they're playing the Alabama brand. That's right. I mean, it, it's. Uh, uh, what the, they can say whatever they want, but Jimbo, he's got he he's got axe to grind. Mm. I mean, I know all these coaches before talk about how they're they're fun and they're yucking it up before kickoff and everything, but there is a, just think back to uh, Coach Majors uh, with Alabama, Coach Fulmer, you know, uh, some with Florida, on and on. It this game, I mean, you've had the Manzels back in the day and all that. This is going to be ramped up. This is going to be. Woo-hoo! I'm looking forward to it, man. Be like old school Florida State, uh, Miami back in the day. They need to get Michael Buffer out there at midfield. TLD Logistics Hotline is what uh, the great Robert Cessna just joined us on TLDLogistics.com. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. Josh, you boy. Wings. Tony, uh,. Good win for your Phillies last night. Great win for my Phillies last night. They are one you know, win away from a date you know with Destiny. Favorite, you know who my favorite player is on that Phillies team? Uh, Cash Steeler out in right field. <laughs> no. Who? But uh, Bryson Stott. I like that. I love player. him. Great young yeah. player. He's part of the daycare, along yeah. with Alec Bohm, who's part of the Phillies, what they call the Phillies daycare, the kids. Uh, another Phillies daycare member is the kid from Atlanta that greases his hair down. Looks like an absolute grease ball out there. Pache. No, not Pache. Uh, that le- what's that kid that's been he started out in center field? We got oh, him. Marsh. 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 Yeah. Marsh. What a grease ball. No offense. Yeah. I don't know if you can still use the term grease ball on the air, but that kid's a grease ball. Yeah. And, uh, Tony, what did you think about the Diamondbacks going to Milwaukee last night and still in one? I like that Milwaukee had a 3 nothing lead and that my man Nashville Lee had a bet on it. Yeah. Tone, after you had your guests on from A&M, it mm-hmm. sounds like we want Alabama to win Saturday, then next Saturday – beat that A&M bunch, and uh, their coach is going to be taken from fire. Oh, if he loses two in a row, uh, probably walks a plank, I would think, at year's end. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, Richard said it earlier, it's just really hard to win on the road this year in this league. And we need to come to grips with that. We might see a Tennessee team that runs a table at home, and goes on the road and loses some games. Like, goes to Alabama and loses, goes yep. to Kentucky and loses, goes to Missouri and loses. It might be one of those years. Because when you don't have good quarterback play, I mean, you saw that at Alabama. When you don't have good, I'm not saying good 
let me let me rephrase that. When you have spotty quarterback play like most teams in this league do, it's going to be hard for Georgia to win in here. It was hard for Georgia to to beat a team in Auburn last week that has zero passing game. Zero, Joshy boy. Can't throw the ball yep. downfield at all. Tone, uh, let me reverse it for you a little bit. What if uh, that Alabama bunch loses Saturday? What's How are they going to react in Tuscaloosa with two losses going into early October? You know, I hadn't even considered that because I'm going one game at a time. Cinco, what if Alabama suffers that second loss those necks, and I do mean if you're one of them, no offense to you, but those necks are going to be all over Nick Saban, Sink. He's going to have his hands full um, simply because they will be out of the playoff before mm-hmm. the half halfway point. Yep. Uh, and you know that that place is a factory. It's yep. built on it's built on NFL contract. It's built on first-round draft choices it's built on you know just being a uh being a pipeline uh to professional football and if you don't have that going there that could get very interesting do some people check out getting ready for the draft early who knows but let me ask you let me ask you to this i see you know i see every game no matter if it's tennessee or whomever as the as the crapshoot right now and i think that we are Entering, even when you bring in Texas and Oklahoma, I really think we're entering uh, an era of college football in the Southeastern Conference where there's a lot of parity, and now every game is worth watching pretty much. You can't take going to Columbia, Missouri for granted. No. And you can't take your eyes off of it. Unless Vanderbilt's playing, you take your eyes off of it. The stuff going on in this league right now is really crazy compelling. It's just the teams are all bunched together. I mean, look down at the look down at the schedule this weekend. It's crazy how compelling these games are. Yeah, Sean, you were talking about that Missouri bunch. That uh, Luther Burden, he's a pretty good young wide receiver for them. He's a great player, and he's a transfer from Oklahoma. Well, a, That's the, the point. He's the number one receiver in the country. He should be. Um, yeah. You know, they're give give Missouri credit. They've they've taken their NIL and uh, they've got the number one players out of the state the past couple of years, and they still have a shot at uh, the the other wide receiver from there. I don't know if he'll go there or not, but um, that I think it's great. I think the transfer portal. I think all of this stuff is very much an evening out uh, deal, which just contributes to. Uh, just better football for everybody, and everyone's going to become more engaged. I'll tell you this. I wouldn't want to be a better right now. I'm not anyway. Hell no. I don't, know, I don't know how you can look at what you've seen. I mean, I didn't see Ole Miss beating LSU, and I can see LSU turn around and beating someone else. That was our one you know, the winner. Next week. That was our one yeah. winner. Winners and losers. Those guys were one and two this past week. You know why? Because of your boy, Joshy boy. Your, your space is buddy. Tennessee Lee. That guy couldn't find an Italian in in a in a room full of uh, Chinese people. Well, uh, Tony, he went three for one yesterday in his uh, playoff baseball. Sure he did. Yeah, sure he did. But uh, 
I don't want to jump forward, Tony, but after this Saturday's game, what would you put right now, Tennessee against Texas A&M? It's a, what would you I, I wrote about it in right the blog. I wrote about it in the blog because I, I ran it up the flagpole. I consulted with Mr. C yesterday. Yeah. Based on modeling and based on power ratings right now, you're looking at a three-and-a-half to four-point game when that thing opens. Just to, like, factor the crowd and everything. That's it. Three-and-a-half to four. So, in other words, three for the home crowd, and the game will be a straight-up pick otherwise. And I think that's probably right. Those two teams are going to be pretty equal when they get on the field. I think... Nealon is more electric at night than I think it is the three thirty game. Yep. Am I wrong or I totally wrong? agree. That 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 thing they're doing right now with those night games and the dark mode and the ability to flick these lights on and off in these stadiums like they do. Hey, when Tennessee went to South Carolina last year, Cinco told me afterwards, Matt told me afterwards, they put on a hell of a show over there. They had that thing, they had that crowd totally lubed up oiled up, ready to roll. I mean, it's Roman Coliseum stuff, what they're doing with these uh, light shows now and the way they're whipping these crowds into a into a frenzy, into a trailer park frenzy, Chris Fowler. Yep, and uh, Tony, out the door, I'm yeah. going to give you my one-upset pick of the week for this Saturday. Right. I have Louisville over Notre Dame. See ya. Now, you are an absolute degenerate if you think that's going to happen. 865-200-5402. Notre Dame pinned one on me over the weekend. I had the Duke Duke bunch, and they pinned the tail right on me. They pulled the trick on me as we continue. It's your Basilio show on a Wednesday. Flying through a Wednesday. More calls after that. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9222. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Save-A-Lot Food, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. T to the B, the magic is happening at a theater near you, 13 in front of the hour. All right, let's go back to the phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the Wednesday edition. 
Hello to our next call. You're live on the show. Hi. There he is. It sounds like through the haze of a bad connection, none other than Titan's Village. Yes. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create a, uh, dead air. Brian, he's going to create something. What's he creating, Brian? I'm hearing like every third word. What's What's, what's uh, happening? What's happening? He's going to make something out of nothing. The TLD Logistics Twilight Zone. Is New that like segment a cut on here. Creator like Run DMC. Yeah, are you creating? Are you? Yeah, are you cut creating over there? Like yeah, Jam I'm Master creating. J. Yeah, I'm creating. All right, hit it. What are you going to create here? All right, I'm going to create a Cincinnati Bengal crisis hotline. <laughs> a Carolina Panther crisis hotline. New York Giants crisis hotline. Poor Daniel Jones got sacked ten times here tonight on national television. Yeah, New York Gi- Giants and Jets crisis hotline. The Jesters. And uh, New England Patriots crisis hotline. Amen. The NFL is full of crisis hotlines. There are a bunch of bad teams in the NFL. And Josh Dobbs has been putting it in impossible situation in the desert because they built that team to lose and that son of a gun is balling out right now he's playing really well that guy's that guy's going to make him some money here through this process they they put they found the quarterback they thought that could guide them to like a one-win season and he is balling out for them good for him exactly and um you you guys should have kept him he burned Tannehill. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, he, that was, that was another dumb move that the time. Love this fun. There's still, that's another, another story for another day. But our uh, Titans are back. Say a sack. He got him. What would what, what we used to do? Do sack the way uh, Keith screams My it. Keith the sack. <laughs> I love Titans. I pop pop for him every time hey uh titan, titan titan's guillaume can i get um for my uh soon-to-be mvp ronald acuna jr and my atlanta and joshie's atlanta Braves? can i please get a titan's guillaume version of the tomahawk shot Hit it, Yamsy. No yeah. yeah. no and I want it on fleek. Hit it. There. Thank you. You got your wish. You're welcome. Anything else? Billy, sing me a song. First thing that's on your alleged mind, hit it. Oh, let's see here now. Um, my pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod. <laughs> Come 
Hello and welcome into our next call. Man, I, I just think it's hard for me to follow that. Well, it, you know what it's like? You're going to feel like uh, Florida did on that noon start the other day. Oh. I hear fear in your voice, Florida. I hear fear in your, I hear voice. Fear in your voice. Hey, listen. I told you a long time ago that I was worried about, I always going to be worried about Kentucky. You did. They got our number. You nailed I, it. I'm not worried about that. I, I, I'm never worried about that. I just have to convince my Florida Gator friends along the line that Kentucky's getting better. Every year they're getting better. And, and you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to trans Billy Napier, but if he keeps doing what he's doing, his faithful is going to change on him. Well, I'll tell you this. You, you you called that thing right down the middle. You, you told me all summer, you said, Tony, I'm not worried about you guys, but Kentucky's going to wipe us out up there. Now, I don't know if you knew – that they were going to wipe you out to that degree? Because you guys never even, like Watson Brown said, you guys never even got off the bus in that game. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. That That's true. And I, I, like I said, I can't be mad, but let me tell you something. Sean, Dr. Sean said something, which I'm still pissed at him because of what he said last time I called last Wednesday. What I say? What I say, today. Florida? Because I was angry about something. Why am I so angry? I'm not angry. I just want to tell the truth. Now, it's, it's, y'all said something about uh, the Maze boy, but miraculously he come and played and did damn good in that other game that y'all played the other night. He did good. And then we're talking about triple this and triple that, but it wasn't nothing triple about how you played. Whoa, 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 Back up here. Are you trying You're, to say? You lost me. Are you trying to say that he didn't want to play in the Florida game for – I mean, he wasn't cleared. How was he going to well, play I'm in the Florida game? That. I'm not saying that. I'm just listening to what I say before you before you get your. Well, no. What, what's the, the inference of what you said? What are you trying to like infer there? I'm just inferred that if the boy wasn't going to play, that's all I said. If he wasn't going to play, don't dress him because you're going to have people thinking, "Why he ain't he play?" Well, football just coaches like you, do you, things. They just do things like well, that. You, you just like Missy when he didn't play because he's smoking weed. You know, Tony B, you don't hit a joint every now and again. You don't fired one up, but guess what? Don't nobody care if you come on the radio or not. Well, we but, fired you know I mean? we fired him up, focused him, and prepared him on this show. I mean, come on now. Uh, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I just come on here and try to tell the truth. I'm not angry about anything. But you know, when the fans want to know if the man played, if he why didn't he play, or why didn't he play, then he played this game. You know what? That's what this is all about. That's what your show is all about. To get to the truth. What, yeah, but the truth is, and I said the whole time leading into the Florida game, that guy was never, ever, ever, while other media people were pretending, I never pretended. I, I'm not going to play those silly games. I, I knew he had a situation, triple hernia deal. You're, you were not coming back from that. In less than six weeks. In fact, you weren't even going to get cleared. And why they pretended, which was a real disservice to that young man, that that, that they pretended. And then the dressing thing is just, again, that, I think that's silly too, but whatever. That was their going out there and snapping the ball to the third-team quarterback. I mean, whatever gets you through the night, you know. But for you to come on here and act like he was not going to play in the Florida game out of some fear or something. Let me tell you something. I didn't say that, you better be you better be glad that he didn't play in that game 
because Tennessee with him at center is a totally different proposition for y'all because they would not have been starting behind the chains all night. They would have been on point. They would have been better uh, with their tempo, and they probably would have taken you guys to the woodshed, truth be told. There you go again. You want to count your blessings, man. There you go with that what if. If ass had nuts, they'd be uncles, Tony B. What is that? that I hear the fear in your voice, Floyd. Yeah, I hear the fear in his voice, Brian. What you mean there's no fear? I hear the fear. No, I hear the fear. No, when you think about the proposition of Cade Mays being out there with your team against your team, when you saw the tempo Tennessee attacked that South Carolina bunch with, I see the fear. I hear fear. You're talking about South Carolina. You're talking about your opponent this weekend. Bri, who wins the South Carolina game with them this weekend? Isn't that this weekend, Bri? South yeah, Carolina, Florida. Um, who you got? It's in Columbia, Bri. Who you got in that one? After uh, Florida's sterling golden showing over the weekend, it's it's hard to pick pillow games that are going to be pillow fights. To be honest with you, it's, God, it's, I don't pillow know. fight, Florida. This hey, is hey, verbal, Brian. Hey, hey, listen, Brian. Brian comes to trying to be abusive too, just like Doctor Sean. But guess what? I'm going to tell you, Tony B. I'm ready for all of that. Abusive. Abusive. Hang on. Holly said that you're the one. New Year's, Florida. What are you talking about? Hey, listen. Y'all can be abusive all you want, but listen here. Uh We beat y'all. That's my Super Bowl for the year because I don't have to hear y'all damn mouth all year. That's my Super Bowl. (laughs) That's that's, that's my national title. I don't care about nothing now. Well, you're not going to get, hey, Florida, it's a good thing because you aren't even going to go to a ball game. You're not going to get anything else, and you're out of here. Stick a fork in him, Bri. Thank you. Thank you for blowing him up, Bri. That was enough. I'm, I'm still not sure how I uh, wadded up his, his uh, main I, thing. I don't know, I dude. I don't know. But 865-200-5402. Here's the deal. We're going to do a little TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, so if you want to get on the phones, 865-200-5402 is the numero uno, numero uno, numero dos. Brian Hartman, do my Phillies finish up with Aaron Nola on the hill today? The Fish, or do the Fish tie it at one like Braves fans want them to and extend that thing to a third game? What happens today? uh, I think it sounds like it's tracking to be all over after today. Yeah, that Arise guy can't even hardly run. Yeah, it's experience, yeah. I agree with that. And playing at home is just such a huge. Yep. Yeah. I cannot believe that my Sillies last year went to St. Louis, the mecca of baseball, and beat them in two games in that series. I'd forgotten all about that. Against uh, against Pujols retiring. Yeah, a whole thing, man. I mean, that that's a heck of an accomplishment, thinking back on that. But to the, to the listeners, uh, Hang right there. To the radio listener, I want to say to you, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you. I support you. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio. 
And I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this Southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.